for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Saturday, another Kenny Curtis show. Larry Man here in the great city of Boston in our bright studios. Curtis back in the Florida friendly confines. The Jupiter Estate, Curtis, you were there again? Uh, a little ugly here today. About 70, breezy and cloudy. So Ale. not the nicest of days, but, you know, had a nice walk in. Finally, by the way, I left and James wasn't crawling everywhere. And now, it, talk about a change in everything. Holy cow. It's like. <laughs> whiplash the guy's like in the kitchen that he's in the bathroom that he's banging his head on something holy cannoli well is he excited about pitchers and catchers i mean this was oh a big my week. god well he t- he sent me a text yesterday he was out with my mom and jess and he <laughs> you said gave him the phone the already <laughs> yeah he said did you see the bayo news uh, like, oh. uh, don't go to the bayo news that is just minor muscle soreness yeah this the god the the hatred of the red sox in this town that's a nothing it, burger that is a nothing it, burger what's hatred he got hurt he did not get hurt he was Told to go sit in the corner for a couple days. He'll be back on the throwing program Monday. How long Nothing have you to been watching about. and following and covering baseball, Ken Laird? My whole life. Okay. When you start seeing soreness in February, does it usually just dissipate? Sure. Oh, it's okay. your first time out. You've had you kicking off the winter blues. Well, I guess that's true. At least he didn't crack a rib in a lockout. All right. So. And sale is healthy. Any uh, anything to say about sale? Fully healthy, ready to go. Yep. the uh, The sailboat is ready to leave port. Speaking of this, uh, t- we have Bradford from Fort Myers 4-6 to six today. And then afterwards, every year we run this baseball special. It is a WFAN in New York, WEI conglomerate, a simulcast, if you will, Curtis. And it's John Sterling, Susan Waldman, Joe Castiglione, Will Fleming, all four together, the powers that be assembling. We're going to run this tonight, 6 to 7.30. But I got an advanced copy of it as the boss man. You know, we're loading it into the system to play tonight. Did and, you light a candle and have a nice dinner while well, you listen? It's a good listen. I mean, believe me. Tune in at 6. It is going to be commercial-free. That's what we're going to do. It's called opening pitch. Okay? It's, it's your, it gets you ready for baseball. Opening pitch. Wouldn't it be first pitch? Yeah, first pitch. That's what it is. First pitch. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, at the end of it, though, uh, Susan asks John to rank the ALE's teams, predict the order of finish. Oh, man. And this got me fired up. I mean, here is Sterling. Taking shots at the Red Sox already. Go ahead. Do, do you want to have a prediction since everybody in the world has predictions? We don't know what we're talking about, but you want to do the East? Yeah, we'll do predictions. All right, let's go. Okay. Uh, Toronto, New York, Tampa, Baltimore, Boston. Oh, I mean, what a shot. Can you believe it? Are they, when those two <laughs> sides meet... Is it like an anchorman when, they, when the new, with the rivals, does like Kastig show up with a trident? Yep. And boy, did that get, I mean, Joe and uh, Will were oh, reeling. Like Reiner is reeling. With, yeah. uh, it's your weather, your outdoor weather report this week. Oh my God, yeah. Reiner's a total lost cause. But yeah, that was a, uh, I can only imagine that you could actually feel the tension in that room. <laughs> but I, you know, can we just start with Red Sox? A thought, oh, I love thought it. for a minute. Just one thought, okay? I know a lot going on. There's Missoula, there's uh, Ryan O'Reilly's going, make big trade in the NHL last night, which I knew you would break down. Did you give it an A? Did you give it an F? I'm going to get you the, your thoughts on that. Mac Jones, I am in social the middle media. of Grapefruit League country. I mean, it is yeah. permeating everywhere I go. So what's the over-under? You sent me this. You tried to you know poke me early in the week, 78 and a half or something like that. Well, and, it's not me. It's Bovada. Right. So nobody believes in the Red Sox. It is stunning to me. I, I realize I lean honk with the Red Sox. I realize it. I try to get out and see the forest 
through the trees, for the trees. I never understand that one. Anyway, I never I, got that one. I, I try to get the 20,000-foot view and right. try to recognize my own internal biases. This team is not that bad. They are not going to finish last. They have a legit chance to compete. And by the way, they play like 25 less games against the division. That's a major advantage for the Red Sox. And they said, did you hear the quote from uh, Cora this week where Mondesi is Xander-esque? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and might not be ready for the season. But hey, I I like this team. What is what is not to like about this team? Well, you should like the team in February. I mean, that's the point of it, right? Baseball, you know, every hope spreads eternal right. at this time. That's what this I'm saying. Year. What is the big knock? What is the Achilles heel of this they're team? They're just not very good. Okay. That's the big knock. They're they're, Where? they're not very good. Anywhere? They were the worst power team in baseball last year, and they yeah. got worse. And they added Duvall, and they added Yoshida. Okay. And they added we have Justin no idea Turner. where Yoshida will be in Major League Baseball. He could be good, but he could be awful. You know, honestly, we have no clue. He's also not a power bat. He could be. I've kind of, I've kind of written him off for that. It didn't seem like those were the numbers in Japan. But great. So you think that they're they're a more powerful offense in terms of home runs this year than last year? Yes, with Duvall, Turner, and Yoshida, more power for sure. Easy. Okay, more if power. you if you had a picture of those three people walking around Boston, would anybody <laughs> get to know? Well, who that they doesn't are? matter. I mean, who cares? Obviously, well, the public is wrong. They're picking 78 and a half wins. This so you team, think this team is a winning over. team? Yes, 90-win team. 10-year anniversary, 10-year anniversary, 10 years stronger. It is going to be a repeat of 2013. Plus, Zach okay. Brown Band is singing the what anthem. What did the Yankees sure do in 2011? What did the Yankees do in 2011? After the World Series? Well, 10 years after 9-11, they should have oh. had a huge year using your logic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just buying into the mysticism a little bit. It's a similar vibe. This team is being written off. They're a nobody. Ken, I, I would love it if this team were good. I, I Believe me, it helps all of us at WEI and in this business if the Red Sox are good. But unfortunately, I don't even think the Yankees are the biggest concern. I, 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 just the depth of the division and the unbalanced schedule. Last year, well, the Red Sox... Well, that's good, though. That's good, unbalanced schedule. You're, you're Again, you're playing less of the division. Oh, so does that, that start this year? Yes, Oh, that is good. Great. Okay. I got him for 95 wins. Thank you. That's all I wanted. 617-779-7937. Clip that, Joe. We're going to have that saved off. I would like a little Red Sox optimism. First week of Red Sox and baseball. Curtis is in Florida. I have this to say this. Could I'll, be optimistic. I'll be optimistic for you for a second. This is a make-or-break year for Cora and Sale, in, from my perspective. Two guys that are talented but uh, have little little uh a little the, the shine has come off them for different reasons and if sale lives up to his words for once and is healthy then everything else is possible but without that and that's why if you're not going to if you're relying on sale to be healthy then you're likely going to be unsuccessful but wait but, a minute. now why do you say cora and not hein bloom because cora you predicted last week by the way with the drelic book or 2 weeks ago that Cora would be not able to escape this storyline. He said, no comment, and it's gone. The storyline is gone. <laughs> it is done. It, you and what Bradford are you had, talking you about? And Bradford it was had all, one all he about was it. asked about. It was not, really. It was like a four-minute exchange. He said, I well, have nothing to add. There were three members of the media covering the team, <laughs> well, so there's exactly. so many questions each of them can ask. Exactly. Win well, for Cora. It's done. Ken, you don't understand this. Rob Bradford doesn't dictate what we talk about. So just because he and McAdam aren't asking Cora about this because they want to be his buddy and they're trying to vie for his next book, then that doesn't mean it's no longer a topic. If they don't play well, if they're under 500 again, the cacophony of anger will grow and we will cite, I will cite, how 
brash he was and how little he's accomplished in the absence of that massive cheating apparatus. Yeah, I'm but, sorry. But what's Cora going to do? He's going to throw his GM right under the bus. That Great. is going to go straight to Bloom, and he's going to get fired. Right. And So you think John Henry's going to side with Cora over Heim? Absolutely. No shot. Uh, what? Th- no shot. Why? It's such an easy out. John okay. Henry sat at that dais at Springfield where we were a couple weeks ago, and the boos were raining down on one guy on the dais, and it was not Alex Cora. You think he's going to point the finger at Cora, the fan favorite, and fire him? That right. would be that would be idiotic. Which hire is his? It doesn't Which hire matter. Does he own? Which one do the fans like? Why can't you answer a question? Which one was his own hire? Well, Cora was his hire on the on the second. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What are you talking about? You mean like John? John Henry and Heim Bloom are attached at the hip. Heim Bloom was hired by Henry because that's how he is all. He's tried to get Billy Bean. Yeah, but you can he, get out of that. You can easy escape from that. It's it, not that it, he it needs an work. escape. It's that he's stubborn and a billionaire. So you don't like to be proven wrong, and you now have the easy out with Cora. I mean, you don't even you don't even have to hire Holer. Drellick did the job for you, and and you can you know say adios. Okay. Bye, Candios, as Zach Broudman would say. <laughs> well, I'd throw that out to the to the, to the audience because I disagree totally. You think it's a make-or-break year for Alex Cora? Yes. Okay. I, I do. I, mean, I might not be emblematic of a uh, representative of the fan base and the media, but, I mean, I certainly – I mean, the, the, the second that this story broke with Drellick, you and Bradford were working backwards from <laughs> he's exonerated to the conversation. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't even know – you're so consp- – what is it? Consp- how do you say conspiracy? Exactly. Well said. Whatever. Conspiratorial. You're conspiratorial mm-hmm. Whatever the word is. Yes. You, you're always looking for these crazy things when it comes to oh, yeah, I'm a real Brady not, I'm a real and Adam others. Jones. Uh, Jones, by the way, I love him. Oh, my He's God. Do I love him? Week. My God. God, that I just. Are flying. The thing is that's best, if you know Jones, is that how. The more angry you get at him, the happier he becomes. Totally. Yet He's everybody just falls into that trap. Oh, my God. The Celtics blogosphere was in was spinning. Oh. By the way, can somebody tell the Celtics blogosphere that it's not the job of the media to retain superstars and ensure their happiness, you idiots? <laughs> like, I, there's a lot of good things with new technology, and, you know, I love having the Internet. You know, it, it helps a lot. Gore, you know, did a great job, all that. But – if everybody's in the media, nobody's in the media. Uh-huh. And the rationale that is used by people who are editor-in-chief of CelticsBallHonk.org <laughs> that think that their, val- their voice matters and that they're, represent- that they're a part of the media, you are not. Mm-hmm. You- it is not your job to satiate the needs of superstars. It is the media's job to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Look why? it up. It sounds like you took some heat in there, too. Why? Did you get no, criticized? No, not at for... all. I just watched Jones, these idiots going off on Jones. It's like he is questioning conventional wisdom. It's the best kind of radio. Sitting down and rubber stamping things is so boring <laughs> and mundane. And his point about Tuca, a thousand percent right. No, that was a low blow. That, that hurt. Tuca never won here, right? He did He's win like here. Don Mattingly he was a cup Yankees. winner in 2011. Happened to be on the bench, but I okay, see. So a... Jimmy G is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Correct. No, but it's. It, 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 I might not agree with every point that he makes, but the the vitriol laced his way. It's like it's good. He's making people uncomfortable. Don't you think Make... when, G, when Jimmy G was out with the uh, who was the porn star Kiara, whatever her name is, that he showed uh, the Super Kiara, Bowl rings? Yeah. That he, was he, the girl that Greg banged before his <laughs> wedding. <laughs> he, don't you think he had the Super Bowl rings on? Two-time champion. 
Uh, you know, that I, that I, is yours for life. He's a handsome guy. I don't think he needs those. If he does, I would think less of him. Plus, don't like you love I, Tuca? As much as he's come on the Greg Hill Show and been a part of the foundation. and Right. Uh, you know. Well, I don't know if you've read this. I don't know if Andrea Mitchell does this, but you're supposed to separate personal relationship with how they, with how they perform. Okay. And that Tuca's a great guy, Woodland guy, love him, great stuff. Never has an issue spending the minimum. But with, with <laughs> the with the situation here... If if Swayman or Linus win a cup this year, something that Tuca was able, was unable to do, of course it takes some of the shine off of Tuca's career. How well, not, you not really. I that? mean, Sweeney finally was able to get pieces around him. First of all, McAvoy is developing, and the Lindholm trade last year, you will agree, is a total home run. That is, if he can if he can duplicate that again coming up in the next week, big, big, big. But we got to a lot. Wait, man, there was a lot in that segment. Yeah. I don't even know what the hell we're talking about at this point. But can I just give a little breaking news? From okay. Fort Myers, from the Fort. Little Fort report. Good. From, e- from Ian Brown. You have any baseball music for this, Joe? If not, don't worry. Brian Bayo says he feels, quote, much better, end quote, than earlier this week when he first felt forearm tightness. He is eager to test it again by throwing on Monday. Here we go. There we a, go. I have a question for you, uh, Ked, just because you're very important to this radio station and I want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> After you heard the taping of first pitch with Sterling Kastig and Waldman, did you have forearm tightness? <laughs> oh, jeez. Nice one. That's very nice. That's one of your better lines. You had a good week. I'm not going to knock you. First of all, the outdoor weather report was a thing of beauty. Well oh, executed. that was your idea, not mine. Yeah, but you pulled it off. It was, it was comic gold. Comic genius. Check that out on the Great Hill uh, social medias. And your question to Wick yesterday was excellent, and we need to address it. We will do that after Joe Braverman and Trending. Gresh and Fourier, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Bruins are back at home at the Garden. They face the New York Islanders. Puck drop set for 5 p.m. The Bees will get a boost in the lineup as Jake DeBrusque will return to action. DeBrusque has been out since January 2nd with a leg injury he suffered during the Winter Classic. To make room, the team has assigned Jacob Lauko to Providence. And by the way, Curtis, this could be a playoff preview here. First round preview. Isles wild card. Bruins, Isles, Bo Horvat goes there. Big game tonight. I, I'm, I'm an Islander fan just because of uh, Boomer's son-in-law, Matty Martin. Is he still on the team? Oh, yeah. Okay. The Celtics will return to action on Thursday night against the Pacers. However, the team will be well represented at All-Star Weekend. Tonight, Jason Tatum will participate in the three-point contest. Tatum was the runner-up to Steph Curry in 2021. And then himself, Brown, and the Celtics coaching staff will coach Team Giannis at the All-Star Game on Sunday. In other NBA news, Hall of Fame finalists were announced, including Spurs head coach Greg Popovich, along with Pau Gasol, Becky Hammond, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, and Dwayne Wade. In Patriot news, the team announced that special teams ace Matthew Slater will return for his 16th season in New England. Awful, 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 awful news. What? The New, Eng- the New England Patriots are now all about bringing back nice guys instead of the most talented ones. I thought Bill's job was that he would get rid of guys a year too early instead of two years too late. Well, Slater was not great last year. He had some good moments. He had some ups and downs. I'll grant you. So like, uh, he's overpaying nice guys instead of what he, like he's changed his whole approach to roster building. Yeah, I think that's good news. Why? Why would that's you get a veteran back? And by the way, talking to Devin McCourty at the Greg event Thursday. The, do the Patriots have the worst special teams unit the last two years? Yeah, but Judge is going to move over to special teams coach. But, and be so how did he help that? He had he's a, a year of, older. He had a couple tackles. It could have been worse without him. No, he, if you're the worst in the last two years, how can oh, you be worse? It can always get worse. The longtime captain, Matthew Slater. Is that Slater. you guys know tagline? 
<laughs> Slater has played in the it second. It could most- always go country. Slater has played in the second most games in franchise history, only behind Tom Brady. Staying in the NFL, Eric Bieniemy has been hired as an assistant head coach and offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders. Bieniemy spent five seasons with the Chiefs and won two Super Bowls. And in Red Sox news, as we touched on, pitcher Brian Bayo has been shut down for a few days due to forearm tightness. This according to manager Alex Cora. Cora said the team is, quote, very confident Bayo will be back pitching on Monday. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Text line is on fire, Curtis. Here's the Kenny Curtis Show here on WEI. Uh, the what, sun came out. You want it's like big? Ken Laird speaks and Florida listens. Great. What the Sox uh, text you want the... Uh, well, somebody's upset at your Slater take. I agree with this guy. 339 texter. Curtis. Belichick is doing what he always did. He has veteran guys in the locker room to handle leadership issues. This year they had serious ones. There are plenty of has-beens like Junior Seau, Brian Cox, etc. that were brought in for that reason. That is Slater. Uh, Unfortunately, all those guys were not paid at the top of their position. They came in and had to acquiesce to Bill's way of doing things because they weren't going to make money elsewhere. Uh, Slater and McCourty made like, I don't even know what, but McCourty's the best example of this, but Slater's just a, he's a starter I don't think uh, Brian, I mean, I don't know, Seau, Cox, I don't know who the other guys you listed there, but the the nature of his import to the special teams part of this team is much greater than, say, Cox's was to the Patriots' defense overall. He had that big hit against Python in the in the Colts game that year, the first Brady start, but I I just, it's it'd be one thing if the special teams unit was great and Slater was still pretty good and, and had an important role. But how was the leadership in this locker room last year with him in it? Well, think it about it. It was how, a dumpster fire. Think about how bad it would have been without him. But that's such a horrible. Like even that's beneath you, Ken. I mean, <laughs> it can't get worse. I mean, I guess it could get it worse. It could have, like, lit the worse. stadium on fire. But Mac uh, Mac came back from the brink. Slater probably had like psychological sessions with Mac to just try to keep him engage, keep him oh, yeah. around. It seems like they're still on a good foot. Have you, re- have you seen Breer's report that the Patriots are unhappy with, with Mac and they're still looking to trade him to the Raiders? I totally don't buy that, by the way. I want to get into that later. because Okay, but so we the notion that Sla- But Mac here's the, the thing. You can look back glowingly at Brian Cox with the 01 Patriots and say, man, that guy was really essential to the growth and development of that team, helping alongside guys like McGinnis and Law and others. But you can't say that about a team that has underachieved and was mediocre at best last year, whose biggest issues were not the talent on the field, but the issues off of it. And now you're saying it's a good thing that he keeps coming back for more? It's like Jeter said back in the early 2000s, stop comparing this team to the dynastic Yankees. There's no comparison. Yeah, but And I think McCourty said something similar to Greg this year. It's a good sign to me, though, that the team is not just rebuilding and going completely young. They believe, whether you agree or not, they can compete. Otherwise, why is the, what's the point of bringing veterans back? Like, because Bill Belichick wants to be around coaches that are easy to coach, easy to work with, and players that are easy to coach. Okay, That's well, it. there's a reason for that, because he can impart his message to Slater, and Slater still has a foot in the locker room for cred. Right. How's can, that gone lately? Okay, they were a disaster last year, but it could have been worse. I don't and, understand that. What do you and mean? If they by make it could some, they worse? make the appropriate changes with the coordinators and the rest of the coaching staff. Then this is part of the answer. This could be part of the answer. Bill Belichick built the Patriots based on what you're going to do, not what you have done, and that has flipped. 
Okay. This texter, uh, 603, agrees with you. Slater said he'd probably come back as a coach. I don't know why they're wasting a position on him. McCourty, by the way, was at Greg's event on Thursday. Great guy. Excellent to talk to him. I was trying to convince him to get in the radio and asking him how we could get him on EEI on a regular basis, and he got upset at me a little bit in the sense that he kind of said, I haven't decided whether I'm playing or not yet. So I think that's a good sign that he's leaning towards coming back too. Really? Yep. Why? Well, I don't know. Just the fact that he didn't want, he didn't want to engage in any of that discussion. Like he could have just been like uh, it. It got him a little perturbed that I was. Yeah, I mean, asking he made him. over ten million dollars last year. Do you think he was a ten million dollar safety? <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. You bring him back on an even uh, on a discount. He's not going to come back on a discount. He he's might. only going to come back if he's making premium money. Well, that might be what they're talking about right now. What's the rate? I, I'm willing to come back. Depends on what you're going to pay me. Right. Know, that was kind I of mean, the vibe I get. It's just listen. I, I Patriots need to be focused on elite players, not you know at the end of the road gunners and safeties that are overpaid. I'm sorry. I love Devin. I love Slater. They're Patriots Hall of Famers. They were key cogs to, te- to, to teams that were won three Super Bowls. I, they're both awesome. There's you can't say anything negative about the person of Devin McCourty or Matthew Slater. This has nothing to do with that. But and, what this team is relying on is tugging on the heartstrings of dumb fans who go, ooh, good news, Slate's coming back, instead of focusing on how far they are from contention. Well, okay, but you got to at least admit the, def- the defense carried their share last year, and McCourty was yeah, part yeah, of Devin that. McCourty didn't carry the defense, and Slater didn't play defense. That. You don't know about that. I don't know if Devin McCourty carried the defense. Well, as a leader, he might have been a big part of that. Maybe more intangible than on the field. You certainly dropped a few picks. I'll They'd only that. return for their leadership. Like, I don't think you're banking on their play. No, I think McCourty can still play some. He's not a total wash. He's not yeah, a $10 I mean, million dollar guy. I'll agree with you on that. Right, and so you and I agree that he's not going to come back for less than $10 million, well, So no, then... I, I think he might. I think he might. If he gets $5 million to come back and play, would you come back for one more year? Uh, no, I mean, we've been negotiating at about $5.5 for me to come back <laughs> next year, so we'll see. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh in segment one, if you're just joining us, Curtis said Alex Cora is in a make or break season more so than I don't know if said more so than Bloom, but you definitely said Cora was, and I think that's interesting. Jack agrees with you. Jack on the South End. Hi, Jack. Hey, good morning, Curtis. You're a true baseball hardo flying down to Florida just in time for spring training. Oh, I'm keeping score of, of uh, the uh, fungo. It is unbelievable down here. Love it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I respect it. Um, but yeah, in general, I mean, I, I find your discussion earlier interesting about um, where they'll finish standings wise and I, I just my opinion is that they should be assumed to finish last unless proven otherwise just because in my opinion they are objectively a worse roster than they were last year and last year they finished last not in every element but overall I would say they are a worse roster now if everything goes right they could probably sneak into the playoff if Kluber and Sale give you 25 starts or whatever um, but this relies on things like that, and I just don't feel we can count on that at this point. But hold on, Jack. Now, first of all, you would agree yeah. the bullpen has improved from last year, correct? Oh, certainly, but, yeah, I mean, you need to have a lead to protect the lead. But they but they blew <laughs> so 28 the They blew twenty eight leads or something ridiculous. I mean, that is not yeah. insignificant. So right there. Yeah, no, you're right. They that are. That will improve, but I just, yep. Oh, I mean, all I right, Ken, I have, I have really good news Thank for you, you good. and your 10-year, um, you know, obviously 10 years since the marathon bombings. The 2013 Red Sox may have been the most shocking champions since the 01 
Patriots, right? When you consider mm-hmm. nobody thought the Patriots. They were they, there's the famous uh, power rankings when they were 0 2. They were 32nd, and Pete Prisco wrote uh, they'd be 33rd if there was 33 teams. <laughs> um, the the 2013 what what are the, what's the over under this year for the Red Sox wins? I think 78 and a half per the per the site you sent me, which was like um, some uh, 2013 right-wing, over uh, under Red site. Sox. 2019 over under Red Sox 79 and a half. Ooh. So there you go. Very similar in the win total. Both very unexpected, but both with very little fanfare and hype heading into the season. 2013 was obviously a year removed from the Bobby Valentine fiasco. And uh, it was even that was really a, a an interesting season because I believe the Bruins were in, in the cup final against the Blackhawks. And for whatever reason that year, the maybe was there either there was a work stoppage or something happened where the the Stanley Cup was in like July mm-hmm. that year, so you had this run and then the Bruins lose in six at home, and it really wasn't until August that the city rallied behind the Red Sox and was like, holy crap, they're still in first place. You know, like Koji and this, you know, Gomes and Napoli and all that. And yeah, so, that was the last uh, season I think of KG and Pierce for the Celtics. Okay. But uh, that would have been going on in the summertime. So, but yes, the the, the team, the, the interest level in the Red Sox, really was not there until the pennant, you know, was clinched in September, and then and, that, and that was the NHL lockout that year, by the way. Okay, so, so that's start, why the yeah. So the the Cup final bled into the the Red Sox season. So there was right. a lot of distraction when it came to the the uh, Red Sox in their run for that title this year. I mean, hey. I hope you're right. It is the the Yankees just got bad injury news with their starter. I don't know what his name again. I, I forgot his name, but one of the guys they acquired is likely done for the year. Frankie with, Montas. Um, Frankie Montas. So it'll be interesting to see. I I am you know obviously I have no idea, but <laughs> but but, the but, 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 but no, you help. do know. No, so let's go back to the roster just as, real quick. The roster is not worse than last year, other than Bogarts, which I'll admit is a big hole. But the outfield last year had 20 home runs combined. Between Verdugo, Kike, JBJ, maybe Duran had a couple off the bench. That is embarrassing. How many did Schwarber have last year? Well, right. But at least they got Yoshida and Duvall in. You have no idea what you. They have to be better than twenty home runs combined between your outfielders. Didn't you just base an entire argument against me that things can always get worse? Uh, Now you're saying it has to be better. Well, in this case, it's hard to get worse than twenty. I I grant you it could be, but you would agree the outfield has great room for improvement. Correct. And it's yep. a different outfield. I think that's good. The bullpen has improved. Sale is healthy. The bullpen is the one big key cog you have in your argument. That the well, bullpen is absolutely much they better. They blew a game like three times a week. Right. But here's the issue I have with Heim Bloom. I, you know how, like, you know, uh, Theo was always prioritizing on base percentage. You know, the same thing with Billy Bean. There's these hallmarks of certain roster builders. Mm-hmm. Heim's hallmark is that he always has an empty spot at a major position on the field. Well, that <laughs> like, that leads into this point, okay? Shortstop, first base, you know, closer, you name it. The guy just leaves something totally open for yeah. no reason. Well, you're right. So shortstop is the position this year. I mean, he literally went a whole year without a first baseman. Now he's doing it without a shortstop, and he did it without a closer. Like, in what world does that make sense? So 413 Texture says, Curtis, I usually agree with your comments, but you're so off on this one. Cora is not the one who puts the players on the field. If you have crappy players, it does not matter what the manager does. So that okay. leads into back to who's the fall guy this year if they don't win. I am not saying I would fire Cora. I am saying John Henry is not going to fire Heim because Henry is attached to Heim. He likes this. He, th- he believes in Heim's approach. 
that this is a way to get the team sort of running on autopilot so we can focus on buying the Raider, I mean, buying the, uh, the Vegas basketball team or buying the Commanders or selling Liverpool, whatever. He doesn't want the headache of the Red Sox. So he's trying to get something that is just set it and go, more cost-effective, less risk, more risk-averse. Yeah, but it cannot be hard in baseball. You know all the baseball nerds and geeks in the industry out there that love prospects. It cannot be hard to find a replacement for High and Bloom. I mean, they'll find 30 of those guys banging on the door that they could just replace him with. I would just say, why is Heim still here then? <laughs> well, No, I'm serious. He's get... been an unmitigated disaster. Nah, he's he got left... Whitlock. He got Garrett Whitlock, Rule 5 draft. Okay. okay. He didn't have a shortstop. Doesn't have a shortstop. Didn't have a they first baseman Uche. or a closer. Tristan the, Cassis, they, big year coming up. They are, they are what are they, 28th in Keith Law's? Um... <laughs> Screw Keith Law. Okay, but the only prospects that are here are the ones he inherited. Cassis and Bayo. Right. He didn't draft either of them. Marcelo Mayo's his guy. That's mm-hmm. his golden goose. And Sedan Raffaella will make it this year. I thought we killed Sedan. Nope. <coughs> Sedan. Oh. Sedan. He's going to be a dynamite. F- little 5'8 spark plug. Watch him. I can't wait. But the issue here in. <laughs> I, 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 okay, we got a lot of. And Brian Mata. And Brian Mata. Big righty down in, with the woo. He's coming up midseason. Go ahead. Uh, we have to put a pitch clock on Sox Talk, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> but. The, the, moving back to the Patriots, if I might. No, no, we got Red Sox calls. Oh, finish okay, your thought. Keep, finish your thought no, on Bloom. Bloom, he has been a failure in every way. So the reason I believe that Cora will will not be um, employed if this team is you know seventy and ninety two is because Henry will say, okay, we got another top ten pick coming. We've got Heim. We can sell these guys, nah. and Cora will no, no longer those be. Boos- one of the big across baseball, everybody in the game read those headlines the next morning about the Red Sox and their owners getting booed by their own fans. That is going to stick with Henry this year, and if they struggle again, he's going to have no choice. How can something stick when they edit it out of the broadcast? It's like Curtis, it never happened. It's it, it, everybody's talking about that. Everybody in baseball heard that. Okay, so nobody's talking about Cora and Drellick's book, but everybody's talking about the boo that didn't even make Nesson. Yes, you're comparing okay. Evan Drellick's book. To an event where people were well, there, there was it's, coverage. It's kind of relevant to the best season that organizations ever had. I don't know. Look, I think you make some great points about 2018. I I agree. That's just I I'm just telling you, it's not really new. We thought at the time 2018 had a bit of an asterisk by it. It's a little but, suspicious. But let's say Heim is trying to lobby Henry to keep him. Right? He says, "Okay, you, you make points about some mistakes I've made. This is my first time as a GM. Whatever." What has Cora done outside of 18 and 19? Or he 17 was two and 18? wins away from the World Series two oh, years ago. Get the duck boats ready. Well, they beat the Yankees. I mean, and, was, and, and would say we're only there because I traded for Schwarber. Uh, come on, that's not true. He was a late comer. I mean, that, that team was good. Do you think the Red Sox make it to two wins from the ALCS without Schwarber on that team? Well, I mean, he was I mean, hurt for the first the month. Series? He was good in the play. He was good down the stretch, no doubt. Okay. But, I mean, but that was a pretty precarious. Did Cora have a not... pretty good year managing that year? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, there was a trash can everywhere. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> There's the one in your office, by the way, <laughs> that stupid bit we did. Uh, let's go to Phil in New Hampshire. He disagrees with me about the Red Sox roster. Hi, Phil. Hey, happy Saturday, guys. Same to you. Um, to be fair, in that uh, that championship run, if you watched the playoffs, Cora pulled every single correct string out of that bullpen. He worked that bullpen, bullpen like a master. That's true. So, so well, we got to give him a little credit here. Using starters um, as bullpen to... guys, Curtis, give him credit for that in 2018. Yeah, probably went to all sales injuries. 
Outside of that, though, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rampage on why I'm not supporting the Red Sox this year at all. You know, we're the uh, second biggest market in baseball. I'm sitting here envious of the 28th market, the Padres, because we're operating like a small market team. We lost our best starter. Ovaldi's gone. Did they make a phone call to DeGrom? Did they throw money to Verlander, who has a brand new UCL? No. No, we did none of this. We're operating like a small market team. It's disgusting. I can't. I can't do it. We deserve better as fans. We pay the most, the second most in the league to watch our games. It is infuriating to watch an ownership group get a GM, give him instruction clearly to 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 operate the way they are, penny pinching the fan base that that is such. And then you're watching teams like I said, the Padres, the Dodgers. These guys are spending, and I'm sitting there envious. I want players. I want to start. I want starting pitching. I don't want to depend on Chris Sale, who's who's. If you're lucky, you'll get 12 starts, and and four or five of them will be excused because he's just getting not shaking off the rust. No, I don't want any of this. That's a fair so, point, Phil. Here's I, my rampage. No, I appreciate the call. I understand why you feel that way. That's I, what can I say to that? That's a fan who wants them to spend more. And right now, the Mets, the Padres, the Phillies, the Yankees, the Dodgers are blowing them away in that category yeah, for this year. I mean, for this year. And this has been a good week to sort of we have the we can get to the Patriots, you know, ticket price increase, and you know, it feels like the bills come due for all Boston sports fans. And now that none of the teams are really outside of the Bruins and Celtics, I mean the the. Patriots and Red Sox bill has come due as the teams start getting to be to mediocrity it's like you're paying for past performance to go see a mediocre team and it is frustrating and the, the amount of media members that are just parroting whatever the organization's PR is telling them like it's the first time in 15 years it's like well they've been the top three or four most expensive ticket for the last 15 years you know what is in biz- all of football what is bizarre about the Red Sox this year is because I was reading Jason Stark, he had a big column about like the best signings, worst signings. They spend money on Yoshida, big money, and many people feel like they overpaid. Some some are calling that the worst signing of the off season, like rival GMs. Not you. Well, I I mean, yeah, I mean I'm a baseball insider, and some of these guys aren't informed. You know, I'm informed. Right. And I you're I, basically I, a walking Athlon preview. Well, yeah, I've watched the tape from Japan. Yeah. But they did spend money on him. And endeavors, of course, you know, which gets lost in it. But he's right about the rotation. I mean, they went for the Corey Kluber route. They're going internal. Right. Well, they like to be viewed, especially when you hire a guy from Yale to run your baseball department, as being a little bit more thoughtful than other teams. So I, it's cooler to spend on a guy like Yoshida because if he if he dominates, you get viewed as the guy that found the diamond in the rough. Whereas if you just spend a lot for Xander, it's like, oh, well, what what else would you do in that? Situation? And they went cheap on short. Like Lou was making this point yesterday on Gresham Fourier. He's right. I mean, they they got Mondesi and then they got Yu Chang, but they could have gotten Iglesias. And there's some other guys out there that would have cost a little more, but seemed to be better fits. So defer to Lou on that one. All right, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. While we're on the Sox, can we can we ride this for another, another five minutes, please? I, hey, you're the one who always wants to get back to football. I'm ready to talk ball. We'll talk ball at is. 10, and we'll talk your Jalen Brown question with Wick at 10. But there are some Sox calls. I want your thoughts. And are I the Sox underrated? A, I to, I are the Sox to, underrated this year? I hate to rain on your parade, Ken, uh-huh. but we have a quote I just saw this morning from uh, Brian Bayo, which is not great news. for. Uh, I just gave you the race. quote. It's good. I just saw a new quote, and uh, I would say, we mall. Oh, boy. All right. Give me that quote next. I wouldn't necessarily say proving a contract as much as I need to live up to what I need to be for my teammates, for my coaching staff, for the fans, um, for our owners. Like I, I set it up you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I was given that to do a job and I haven't done that. And you guys know me enough by now to know that that has eaten me alive. So um, I wouldn't say I'm trying to live up to a dollar amount. I'm just trying to live up to who I need to be. And that's a guy that goes out there for 30 plus starts, 200 innings and winning games. All right, Chris Sale. A key to the season, but I'm not going to say the key to the season. Maybe it's baby Pedro, Brian Bayo, who's having some eh, little soreness, right? A little muscle soreness. But what's the what's the quote he gave this morning, Curtis, that has you uh, Is that why Chris Sale is so thin? Because he has... Um... He's he's just been eaten up by his inability to uh, to survive a baseball season. Red Sox baseball, come hungry. Bayo said, according to Julian McWilliams of the Boston Globe in Fort Myers, Bayo said that he has quote never experienced pain like this before in his forearm. Okay, so here you, can you can, can you finish that sentence? He doesn't view it view it as a concern. Oh, yep. oh, oh okay. So you just wanted to give half the sentence there. Ken, I, I mean this sincerely. You're losing credibility. I love you. But, I mean, you're, the ta- notion you're literally that, <laughs> taking the quote out of context. He's never experienced this pain in his forearm before. But, he doesn't, view, it out but of he doesn't view it as a concern. That's pretty what big. What is the context of that comment? He's not concerned about it. That's pretty I, big I don't context. give a damn about his concern. He oh. said he's never experienced pain like this in his forearm. I think that's, the, audience that's might, the audience might find that to be a little uh, important to the conversation. Is he worried about it? No, not really. Okay. Should oh, we ask is... him what he thinks about humid weather? I mean, what does that matter? <laughs> yeah, what, what does it matter whether he's concerned or not about it? Right. I mean, how many times has Chris Sale said he's not concerned about something that he misses the season? All right, this is Brian Bayo, different guy. But... We're getting to know him. Okay, so you know him well. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I'm... it was probably translated, so who the hell knows what the meaning Actually, of it, it was. Actually, was, it, was tra- it was translated. But okay, I agree. That's interesting. And one he's... of us speaks Spanish fluently, and it's not two. <laughs> he's never experienced this pain before. I would agree. That's somewhat alarming, but and I'm I glad would tell he's Brian, not cons- host a show nine to one. You'll know what pain is with Ken Laird. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Are the Red Sox underrated at seventy eight and a half wins? And as you'll hear in the full version coming up later today on spring training opening pitch, six to seven thirty, John Sterling, voice of the Yankees, picks the Red Sox to finish last again, and it is Holy painful. Cow. And it sent Joe and Will into a tailspin. Oh, oh Flemball was there? Flemball was there. Oh, man, he was not happy. It was a rivalry in the booth, part two. Let's oh, go to uh, let's go to Andrew in Maine. Hi, Andrew. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I just uh, I feel like the mindset of management right now is just to exploit and take advantage of us Red Sox fans. You know, if they put together a willy-nilly team that does all right or just barely scrapes the wild card – they know we're going to show up. They know we love the blue-collar team, the underdog. They've seen us come out and, and be successful as an underdog before. Uh, and I don't really think they sincerely want to put together a good team. I think they want to make as much money as they can off us right now. Uh, and it's kind of obvious with the comments about, well, we have $12 student seating uh, in the press conference. Like, you know, give me a break. Like, that's about all we have right now as Red Sox fans, you know. So I think that they need to do the players and the fans a little bit of justice here and stop taking advantage of the fact that we're going to show up regardless. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, that's a narrative they're trying to, you know, they, they signed Devers. It's this big money deal, but I almost feel like I, it's lost, Curtis. Don't you think? Like people are, I don't know how it's got lost, but there's more questions no. about their spending than there are the net satisfied people. 
I I said it to Sam him in person in Worcester or Worcester in Springfield, and I said that this was a self-inflicted wound. The messaging this offseason led people to be disappointed with the thing they would have preferred, mm-hmm. and the the manner in which they spoke to the fan base about the just blasphemous idea that Xander would ever leave really negated which which was a great signing of a better player who will be better for longer. Like, right. And Sam said and Sam admitted they blew it, right? Basically right. said we we handled it poorly. We, our messaging right. was bad. Right. I mean, this you talk to me on the radio and you get the true feelings <clears throat> of important people and that's what Sam felt and that's what I think is leading to some introspection, but the the issue with this Red Sox team and with any of the teams in in Boston is that you can't tell a fan base how to feel. You just have to work hard to regain respect. That's it. So no matter what you edit out of a broadcast from a winter weekend, no matter what you express in terms of optimism about a team, none of that means diddly unless you perform. So just focus on performing. The more I see an organization, and I'm not singling out the Red Sox, whether it's the Patriots and Robert Kraft this offseason, trying to dress up the organization and the roster, the less confident I am in their ability to return to where they were. Because the only way you get back to the Super Bowl or a World Series is through finding and developing great talent and spending on top talent in free agency. That's it. So no matter what you say about how you feel or what you're optimistic about, it will change none of the fan reaction if you're unable to deliver on the field. But what's interesting is you think the fan, you think it's going to cost Cora his job. You think he's the one on the hot seat, not Bloom. Well, I, I could see them both being on the hot seat, Ken. I, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. So whoever gets blamed, I'm saying in the context of what we've understood further about Cora is that he's no longer this Teflon guy and that the the more we learn about what happened in 2017 and 2018, the less impressive his resume becomes. Can I read you this snippet, though, from Jason Stark? This is in The Athletic. He's he. Polled 30 insiders in baseball, front office people, execs. <clears throat> and this, this particular vote was who's feeling the heat. He calls this uh, year's leader secretariat. Heim Bloom, he got 20 of the 30 votes. And he writes, pretty much everybody in baseball likes Bloom, the beleaguered chief baseball officer of the Red Sox. But when a guy rakes in this many votes in a survey, we think it's safe to say this isn't going well. The fan base is in rebellion, and the rest of the industry is confused about why the money-making machine like the Red Sox would lowball a local hero like Bogarts then turn around and overpay an unknown like Yoshida. But if, it, if they don't win, uh-oh. Here's the pl- problem, said one voter of Bloom. When John Henry is feeling the heat and Tom Werner is feeling the heat, they'll throw anybody under the bus, end quote. So here's the issue with that, is that John Henry likes being an iconoclast. He likes going against conventional wisdom. He loved that he won with a 30-year-old GM and Theo Epstein. He is always been a fan of Billy Bean and his approach with Oakland. So the fact that the baseball people think this guy sucks is not a sign that John Henry is going to turn on him. In fact, it might cause him to be more stubborn in defense of him. Mm. Because when people are saying this about the hire, they're not really ripping Heim, who they say they all like. They're really ripping John Henry for hiring him. Yeah, I guess. But to your point, what has Heim really done in the couple years that he's been here? I mean, he he doesn't have a lot of wins either. we're talking about a scenario where they both suck, right? I, mean, <laughs> I know, because, and, but one has the power, and one guy's going to get get fired for it. Well, you you heard Cora last year discussing through back channels <coughs> Bradford about the 
desire to be a GM one day or to be have a say in roster building. That's not a guy that sounds like he has a ton of leverage. That's a guy that's looking to get more power in the organization, from my perspective. So who the hell knows how this is going to play out? I would have never thought in a million years the Red Sox would have done all that with Bogarts just to see him walk and then to give all that money to Devers. I, I mean, it's just one thing you got crazy. Admit, but the this thing spring that you go is back interesting. to is would, the would... story signing last year, Ken. Do you think that that was Heim Bloom saying, I want to spend $120 million on Trevor's story? No. no, or, or, no so then why are we blaming him for all these things? Uh, well, I, I don't think – good question. I mean, I think the answer is John Henry needs a fall guy. That's that's what's going to happen. Uh, right. But, you're but you're the, right, but what's the reality? <laughs> the reality <laughs> is that unless this team improves, both jobs are on the line. And I see the inclination from Henry. He might be, you know, no longer as emotionally engaged. So maybe Cora's safe and Heim gets the axe because that's the safe thing to do. And Sam gets to sort of pull that trigger because he understands the fan base better day to day than Henry. But the fact of the matter is, is that we all think that Heim's not really in charge. He's doing the things that his owner wants him to do. Including letting Schwarber go, right? Right. He probably would have liked to have kept him. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not actually, because we had Bloom on and he would, he he knocked his batting average. So uh, that's how a quick was one. Henry for, to come out of the, the under the rock and on the field of the ALDS celebration at Fenway Park when they had beaten the Yankees and then they beat the uh, was it the Rays in the ALDS and and it was like th- we are vindicated in our approach. Right. Sam said that. So a year removed from being vindicated, Heim's now getting axed, and Cora's the future. I just I don't see it. Big start to the year. All right, Red Sox calls. We'll keep them uh, coming. 617-779-7937. Some of you want to weigh in on that. Curtis asked a great question of Wick Grosbeck this week, though. Joe Mazzula got the interim tag taken off. And Mac Jones, an interesting Burt Breer report, to say the least, Curtis, that we have to get to in this hour. It's a yes. report or a speculation? Uh, kind of Shepter would say it's a report. Okay, we'll discuss next on Kenny Curtis.